Welcome back to the Loftcast for the 21st and final time this season. I'm Paul Morrissey from the QPR Media team and today I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Andy Watkins as we look back at the 2016-17 season as well as hearing from youngster Josh Bowler following his maiden first team appearance against Norwich City on Sunday. Okay, well, we'll try not to dwell too much on this but the result on Sunday, we were hoping to end on a high after securing our championship status with the 2-0 victory here at Loftus Road against Nottingham Forest. We went into the Norwich game with those hopes and unfortunately after five minutes of writing was on the wall, it was still nil-nil at that stage, but um, Norwich flew out of the blocks and they never looked back. Really, in truth, they dominated from start to finish, didn't they, since? They did, and I have to say, you know, uh, almost 24 hours later, still hurting a little bit by what I saw. You know, the manner of the performance and the defeat, so uh, I say wasn't great. I think Ian afterwards said it was bitterly disappointing, you know, and we got what we deserved. Uh, and it could have been a little bit worse, actually, barring a couple of misses and a couple of good saves from Alex. So, uh, yeah, not the way we wanted to, to finish, but it's happened. And uh, dust yourselves down, you know, see what the summer may bring and move on. There was a speculation in the lead-up to that game that, Ollie might make a few changes because obviously we were safe in the championship. So would he try out some of the younger players? By and large, he didn't do that. When you look at that team, Smithy's in goal. Jack Robinson obviously came in at left back. Perch at right back. Lynch and Anu as centre back. Michael Doughty in the centre with Masluongo. Ryan Manning on the left. Showick on the right. And Connor Washington and Matt Smith up top. So it was a strong side. And you, you couldn't look at that and say, OK, well, he's he's played a few younger players. He's, he's looking, he's experimenting. And that was a, a side that, on paper at least, you would have expected to have um, performed better against Norwich. What what do you put that down to as, as a player, as an ex-player? Sometimes do you just have a collective bad day at the office? Well, you can do. But actually, you know... Um probably a lot of questions going around a lot of criticism flying around a little bit this morning and probably quite rightly so but if I could as an ex-player I, I would be asking the players to have a look at themselves for for that type of performance and and the last sort of couple of weeks basically take the Forest game out of it because um, it's almost since we beat Rotherham you know got 50 points something's happened um, you know because we went to Derby didn't pick it up had a good second half at Villa and were very unlucky um, you know, Brighton could have got something from it, etc., etc. But as I say, it's just been that horrible run again. Um, but we got over the line against Notts Forest, and you were just looking to finish off on a real high. You know, what did we take the other day? 2,000 fans. Mm. Fans have been brilliant. And I think, if I can't say on their behalf, I think they were a little bit let down. Andy, you were obviously at the game and our social media guru. Social media's not been a great place to be over the last 24 hours. Um, no, all the last few weeks, it's probably fair to say. Um, yeah, it's a strange one because I think after, you know, obviously we, you know, it's been a difficult few weeks. It's been a very up-down season. I think we were talking yesterday saying, you know, it's been a very strange season. It's felt like it's been five or six seasons mm. in one. It's been so yeah. up and down. Um, and in terms of, of yesterday, yeah, really disappointing. I think, you know, after last weekend and, you know, how big a win that was and I think it just showed you know with the the other results when we looked at what was going mm. on down the bottom and we were sitting in the press box looking at the other results thinking you know we're just grateful that we weren't having to worry about those you know we could just look on from afar and it made the, the win over Forest you know all the more important but that said you know even though there wasn't anything on the game 
it's it was hard hard viewing that was you know it wasn't the way that you then wanted to go off into the summer after a 4-0 defeat and yeah that performance as well and even though they scored a, a couple of the goals in the, the last five minutes to put the shine on the scoreline from their perspective you couldn't really argue that it was an an unfair scoreline well, from the off, first of all, I'd like to say, you know, Norwich are, I think, a very good side. They've underachieved this year. I probably put the kiss of death on them in the, at the start of the season. I thought they, Newcastle, and I said Derby. My girls, I've got two of those uh, really wrong. But, you know, Norwich are a good side. They've got some good players. Houlihan, Pritchard in the middle of the park, good mm. players. We saw that yesterday. Totally dominated the middle of the park. Um, so they, they've had a season of... Uh, of underachieving but you know their last home game I think they had announced they were releasing six or seven you yeah. know John Ruddy it was a it was a final occasion for him so um, it was almost like a, a, a finale for them and they came out the blocks and let's face it I think they had one clear off the line after two minutes Alex has made a great save a minute later they've hit the bar from mm. 25 yards all in the first five or six minutes so uh, they showed their intent and you're quite rightly say you know four even though two were in the last uh, five or six minutes that was just a disappointing, as I say, you usually get from your performances the result, uh, unless you're very unlucky. We've been a, a little bit unlucky a couple of times, but we got exactly what we deserved yesterday. Have you ever been on the end of a result and a performance like that? Oh, yeah, we've all sat in dressing rooms, you know. I remember playing, uh, not here, uh, QPR. I can never really remember getting thumped here, uh, home or away. We had a couple of Tottenham, you know, went to Bolton in a... Uh, a League Cup or a Worthington Cup or whatever it was called uh, called then got beat mm. 6-1 got absolutely yeah, annihilated by everybody and quite rightly so I'm just interested what's the dressing room like after that you all go back in the dressing room you all know as a collective you've underperformed is it everyone sort of goes into their shells do <coughs> people point fingers at each other as players well, I'm not sure what it's like now because I'm a little bit out of that sort of side of it. But I know what it was like when I played. Uh, you wouldn't have needed a manager or a coach because you'd have some real strong characters in the dressing room and they would come in. And even though they had probably played poorly themselves, mm. they might stand up and get very close to people and almost, I wouldn't say come to blows, but there'll be some strong words from player to player. Like, you're not doing that, you're not doing that. So sometimes a manager can... I wouldn't say step out of it, but players can sort it out themselves. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a dying breed or a dying uh, trait in the modern game. Uh, you know, people talk about leaderships right at the top. If you look at England last summer, you know, when we're playing Iceland, where was the leaders on the pitch? Mm. Players sometimes can look too much or too easily for the coach, for the manager. almost like to hide behind that, you know, sort it out yourself. So uh, in answer to your question, yeah, I've sat there a few times. It's not nice. But you need to sort it out on the pitch. If you see, if I'm playing alongside you and you're not tracking a runner, I'm going to tell you because mm. that's going to affect me. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I had the pleasure of playing someone like Alan McDonald. You know, he knew I could win him a game or win the team a game that he was playing, or a Les Ferdinand could win him the game. But it'd be very quickly, as well as my strengths, to tell me if I wasn't tracking my fullback or leaving Clyde Wilson on the two two v one uh, scenario. So. We almost used to sort ourselves out a little bit, but it's horrible. It's horrible when you've you've been involved in a performance like that. It's not the lack of care. I'm gonna I'm gonna state that now. It's not that players don't care, or you know haven't got the desire. Although that's what it can be shown as or portrayed as. Um, the players have actually just got to to, to go that extra little bit and 
put it in for more so for supporters who paid good money. You know, 12 o'clock kickoff, a lot of our fans would have gone Saturday night, stayed over, spent a right few kid, and they would have come home just like I did. Three and a bit hours drive home, really down in the dumps. Any positives to take from it? From yesterday? Not really. In fact, as it was only four, as, as, a, as, a, as a strange sort of positive. Alex Smithies again, mm. you know. He's been outstanding all season, rightly cleaned up with all the awards going. Um, so he he was probably the only player that came off the pitch having played somewhere near the top of his game. But uh, So yeah, season's come to a close. Let's assess you know, what went wrong, where we are, why we're there, see what we need to do. Uh, and bounce back, hopefully stronger, come the next season. Perhaps one of the only real positives to come from it was... The debut of Josh Bowler yep. and Andy Watkins caught up with him after the final whistle. Well, Josh, a, uh, a disappointing result, but obviously a, a special day for you, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's bittersweet, really. Uh, obviously, we we didn't get the result we wanted, but it was a great day for me to make my debut in the championship, which is what I've been aiming for all my life. So it was a good day for me. And when did you know that you might be involved this afternoon? Um, well. This morning I got told I was on the bench, so I was just I was just prepared to come on because obviously that, that's the chance to come on. And and I was warming up second half, and, and the gaffer called me over and was like, "You're going on." That's when it really hit home. And and yeah, as I said, it's a, it was a great moment for me. And in front of 20, 27,000 people, not not a bad way to uh, or not a bad place to make your debut either. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great stadium. Obviously, we we didn't perform how we wanted it in inside it, but but yeah, the QPR fans that came uh, were superb and. and yeah, it was a lovely season to play in. And as you say, Ollie called you over, you know, for the second half. What was his message to you when you went on? Um, well, he just said to to maybe the first couple just get into it, pass it, and and move. But then, if you're in the final third, do what you want and run with it and and beat players and do what you've been doing in the 23. So he gave me that confidence. So when I was in the final third, I could do what I what I like to do and and dribble with it. I was going to say from where we were sitting, we, you, know, you started on the left, then switched to the right, and you know it wasn't you know. You might have had nerves, I don't know, but you certainly weren't showing any keen to get on the ball and you know, show yeah. what you could do. Yeah, well, as soon as I got told I was in the squad, people were just saying to me, oh, just do the things you're doing in the 18s and the 23s. So that's, that's what I try to do. I try to get on the ball and be, and be positive and, and drive at players. And hopefully I did that today. And it sort of, I guess, rounds off a, a nice sort of end to the season for your professional contract a few months ago. I guess a, a nice boost going into the summer. Yeah, yeah, it's a lovely way to finish the season now. I, just, I, I know it's just finished, but I can't wait for next season to start and, and try and kick on and, and, and get in that first team again and, and, and produce performances that the fans and the club want to see. And I'm not too sure many players have played for the 18s, the 23s and the first team all in one season, but it must be, you know, give you a boost and, you know, what's, what's your thinking now going into next season? Yeah, yeah, it's great to play through, through the 18s, 23s and first team. And, um, Looking at next season, I want to I want to try and get into the first team, try and solidate my place, and and just keep the performances high and and press people around me. Andy, you spoke to Josh after the game, and like he says, bittersweet, a, a fantastic moment for him, but obviously a, a disappointing result for the team. But I think he can be forgiven a little wry smile as he got on the team coach afterwards for his achievements. Yeah, certainly. And you know, we were saying social media isn't the best place to be right now, but it you know in, in terms of. Josh's case it is nice because you know I know we spoke to a few fans afterwards and they were really pleased to to see him and thought he he made a you know good account of himself and certainly when he came on you know we were two three nil down and it could have been easy for him to to shy away perhaps and but he was always keen to get on the ball and I think if anything a couple of times you know guilty perhaps of 
of holding on to it for too long. That was, but that was, you know, a good thing wanting to to make a difference, and that's what you know he's been doing when we've seen him for, you know, as we said, the under 18s at the start of the season, then in the under 23s, getting on the ball on the wing, trying to trying to make things happen. So it was good to then see him follow that through with the in the first team yesterday. It's certainly exciting to see him start to be involved in the first team. Interestingly, he's 18 now. He joined us four years ago at the age of 14 after he'd been released by Fulham. So all credit to him for keeping going and and hopefully now he'll start to get his rewards. Although I'm sure, Andy, you'll tell me it's just the start. Well, it is just the start, but I'm delighted for him. Uh, just a, just like yeah, for any young lad that you know makes that step up, gets his debut, it's what you're working for, it's what you're dreaming about. You know, uh, I saw him quite a bit, more so probably last season actually than this season, uh, playing. Um, he's got something about him you know he can play either side he can go either way he's a uh, what I would say a ball carrier where he can pick the ball up can take your team 30-40 yards up the up the pitch he can beat people on the inside the outside he can also play centrally and I think he, I think he's got a bright future so um, as I say delighted for him delighted to see a big stage for him to go mm. and not the greatest sort of time to go into a game but you know it was just about him getting on that pitch yesterday he's earned that right what he's got to do now, he's got to go away in the summer. Uh, he's got to keep himself fit. He's got to come back ahead of, the, ahead of the rest and push himself and be in and around the first team squad from from day one. That's that's the challenge or that's the advice I would give. And I think he's good enough. You know, he's he's, he's not going to play 46 games, and, but he's certainly capable of being in and around the side. He's developed. He's matured. He's he's got stronger, and I I quite like what I see. Well, not quite like what I see. I really like what I see with him. We're quite fortunate here in that we've got a uh, former player who was an excellent winger back in his day in the 90s right here at our fingertips. Unfortunately, Andy Impey couldn't make it. You've joined us this <laughs> afternoon since. Um, what you say you really like the look of him. What, from your point of view, stands out that makes him look that cut above? I think his confidence on the ball. He wants the ball. He doesn't go hiding. Uh, you know, I've seen him in a couple of the bigger youth team games against the bigger teams. He's probably just got to learn to how to get himself involved in games more. But that will come with his development and working with the coaches. But what have I like about him? I like the way he runs with the ball. I like the way he beats people. You know, he's uh, um, he's positive. He gets a few goals. His uh, he's, he's, he's crossing ability is good. And again, the more he develops and the more he trains, he'll work out, you know, when to leave it in the space, went to drive it, went to stand it up at the far post, all those sort of technical qualities. But as I said, I like what I see. I also like him as a as a kid. You know, he uh, personality-wise, he seems to be well-grounded, um, motivated to do well, hungry to do well. And as I say, that's just a, a very small taste of um, the real action, if you like, you know, that he's, that he's craving, deserves, and hopefully we'll see him more. It says a lot about his character as well, that he was released at the age of 14 by Fulham to to come back. And like you just mentioned there, he, he's hungry, he's motivated. And perhaps that early rejection yep. has only served to increase that hunger. Well, you would like to think so, because a lot of youngsters or a lot of people in modern life, you know, they get a rejection and they run for the exit mm. door. Uh, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, but he's, he's, he's took that rejection on the chin. He can turn that into the positive, which he's probably done believe in himself you know and show that grit and determination uh, pick people's brains spend extra time on the training ground put the time in where no one sees and he'll get his reward so delighted for the kid i think he signed a new deal uh, last week and he's got a promising future um but you quite rightly said it's only the start 
but it's a start of something that could be quite big for him. And Andy, you cover the under 18s, the under 23s for QPR, and you you look at the academy graduates that have made the step up to first team level at some point this season. And while it has, by and large, been a period, a season of frustration, there are certainly there's certainly cause for optimism there from from those players that have come through this season. Yeah, certainly. I think I mean from the very from the very start, I remember I think Olamide, I think this season at the very start was was the one that was catching the eye. Um obviously we'd seen, you know, Darnell and Reese in the last couple of years and Darnell's really established himself in the, the first team squad certainly this season, which is great. Um people like Mide and then, you know, Ryan Manning, who's kind of been the, the story of the, the second half of the season to some extent and obviously rightly rightfully named Young Player of the Year. Um, I mean, what an impression you know he's made. He's been in the under-23s for the last couple of years and suddenly from nowhere kind of he was just thrown into it by Ollie at, um, on New Year's Eve, I think. Um, and it hasn't really looked back. And then, like you say, you know, in other games we've, we've got you know a whole list of names here with you know, Michael Petrasso and Josh being the latest at the weekend. So yeah, really positive that we're seeing so many of the, you know, the youngsters now, you know, sort of not just, you know, once in a blue moon, kind of every week they're in and around the squad. So now when you're seeing the, the under 23s players, you know, if it's not them involved with the first team, it's their teammates who are in and around the first team squad. And I think it's given the whole academy a massive boost. Well, as we wrap up the Loftcast for the 2016-17 season since, Give us some cause for optimism going into next season because if the season ended in March, I think we would have all skipped into the summer quite excited. But we have had a, a disappointing run, six defeats out of seven. So there is that feeling of disappointment as we limped over the line into the summer. Why should we be optimistic for next season? Oh, well, first of all, the positives is we've got a, um, we're in the mix there next year. We could quite easily, you know... Um, two games to go have been staring at pictures like Blackburn were and people like that so you know we we didn't uh, so we can we can talk to a blue in the face about being so close of staying up by two points the fact is we're in the championship next mm. year we have a whole pre-season where I'm sure um, the manager will identify exactly what he needs uh, exactly the way he wants to play exactly the type of personnel that he wants that fits the mould that understand what QPR are this is a special club it's a special club and again coming back to players players have to understand what it's like to come to QPR I'm not talking about desire or commitment you need that but I'm talking about what it takes to come and play at Loftus Road uh, because there is an expectation element from what's happened previously in the past and you have to be able to uh, cope with that live up to that and perform under that so so for me um, yes we're disappointed yes we're frustrated um, but I got up this morning saying right okay I support my club uh, and delighted to be part of the club. We go again during the summer. We analyse, you know, who does well in the divisions, how they do well, what it takes. We need to have a look, and I'm sure they will. You know, the the uh, the powers that be and people in those sort of places will already be. The wheels will be in motion of what we need coming into next year. Let's get a good pre-season on the belt. Let's see where we go, and let's let's get QPR back to somewhere being what QPR is all about. Now, I'm not going to say here now, a day after the season, we're going to finish in the playoffs or we're going to go up. But I think we're certainly capable of finishing the top half of the table. And once you're there, anything can happen. Uh, but I certainly think we're a little bit better than 
where we finished and what we've shown over previous weeks. So is there optimism? Of course there is. You know, we, we've, we've spoke about, and I jumped the gun because I know we were going to touch on it, but you look at some of the teams who've done really, really well this year. Huddersfield, down near the bottom last year. Reading, down near the bottom last year. You know, who's the... There's, there's, a, there's a couple of Fulham, you know, on our doorstep. Uh, finished well down the league last year. Lost the two strikers on the eve of the season. Everyone was tipping them to... Now everyone's saying they're probably the the form team going into mm. the into the playoffs and could go up, and no one wants to play them. So you know that's that's the beauty of football. There's always frustrating days, but as long as you've got another chance to rectify that, we can go again. And as I say, um, we dust ourselves down, we let the dust settle, and we crack on. What does Ian Holloway do during the summer to get his team ready? He, he spoke after the game. Um, at, at Norwich and said he's going to be looking to bring players in looking to make decisions on players that he's got it's going to be a dare I say a busy summer for QPR it's going to be a busy summer and dare I say it's going to be a very important summer hmm. because there will be comings and goings um, what do we need you know you, you, you look at teams who've who've, who've done well um, what type of personnel have they got you know we've got a lot of what I would say, good players. Uh, but if we, if I, I pick one element of the team out yesterday, midfield, there was no one really to stem the tide, if that makes sense. A lot of good ball players, good on the ball. So that may be something where we need to protect the back four. Uh, goalkeeper early in the season has been worked far too much, so that tells you um, an area where we might need to go and strengthen to, to, to stem this uh, tie. But in defensive situations, probably need a little bit more creativity, you know, and, and goals. But I'm just, you know, it's hard to sit here when you've lost seven of your last period and say you're not that far away. Actually, people may laugh at me, but actually, don't. The season, the season that um, we won, won the division under Neil Warnock. That previous season, we were fighting relegation. I remember we went to Middlesbrough and lost, and we went to Crystal Palace right towards the, yep. the end of that season, and they were fighting relegation, and we beat them. 2-0, Akos Buzaki, I think, was on the score sheet that night, that day. And we sort of saved ourselves from relegation that season. The next season, we won the league. Yep. Yeah, it, what gives us hope is the championship is a crackers division. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, things and, you know, what might have happened previously just go completely out the window. We've just mentioned three teams there. Would, yeah. I, would I have took Reading to be in the top three or four most of the season? No. No. Would after Huddersfield, you know, David Wagner was always going to have an impact, but he came in mid-season last year, took him a little bit of time, brought a few new players in, stamped the way he wanted to play, you know, with his high-pressing game, and you, you're reaping the, re the rewards after a, a good pre-season. That's what I'm hoping for, you know. So this season's gone. We've put it to bed. We live to fight another day, and I'm already in a strange sort of way quite excited about what the summer can bring hopefully will bring and let's see where we go next year an interesting stat i do like interesting statistics we're talking about the sort of players perhaps we need to bring in or the importance of players grant hall this season an interesting stat with him we've lost 42 percent of our games he played 36 games we lost 42 percent without him and he played he didn't play a fair share owing to injury of course he missed 14 games and that losing percentage has gone from 42% to 71%. Uh, 
Is that a, a reliance on, on Grant Holloway? Ian Holloway uses him in, in quite an um, inventive ways, way. Yeah. Yep. Is that a, a reliance on him? I don't think it's a reliance on him, but it shows well, you show it, it shows how, you how important he is. Yeah, very much uh, shows how important he is because if Ollie wants to play with a three at the back, he fits in right in the middle of Nedham and Lynchy, usually. Uh, but he's got that ability to step forward and play at the, the tip of a... Uh, or the base of a midfield three or a diamond or whatever you want to say, you know. So he's got that flexibility within games. I think I saw a quote from Ian a couple of games ago that without Hawley, he doesn't feel he's he's been able to, to do that yeah. or have that flexibility to do that. So stats are what they are and people will make what they are of them. But Grant Hall is a key player for Queen's Park Rangers. Player of the year last year. I think he's continued to develop this year. Um, so yeah, as I say, I wasn't aware of those stats and it's... A, I wouldn't say it's quite alarming, but it just emphasised the importance of him to the team. And uh, from your point, Mr Watkins, give us a cause for optimism <laughs> for, for next season. Um, I think Andy's just done a very good job. But um, it's just, I think, yeah, it's like you said, the, the run that we did have before this bad run, mm. we were all really positive. Um, admittedly, looking back, you know, the teams that we were beating, perhaps were the sides, you know, in the, the lower half of the table. But... It wasn't just the results that were filling us with optimism. It was, a of the it was, it was the performance, scoring yeah. goals, yeah. You know, because the the run before, you know, we weren't we weren't getting the results, and I didn't feel we were we were playing too well, and we didn't really know what our best formation team was. And I think in that good run, we were playing some really good football, um, and I was really excited with. I think, and the, there was a settled formation within that as well, which I, I suppose maybe is down to the the players that were available to him, who yep. in the latter stages haven't been. Yeah, and we had people like you know Pavel. I think was was, was a breath of fresh air kind yeah. of at the start of the year, and he was key to that. Bringing in players like Luke Freeman, who I think made a, a massive impact, and even at, at Norwich yesterday, you know it wasn't. I mean, by all means, it wasn't a, a good performance from the team at all. But even Luke in that first fifteen minutes after the restart, you know, made a an impact. So having players like him, I think you know he excites me when I see him on the ball when I think we're going to create something. And and similarly, people like Pavel down the wing and. And Matt Smith, you know, in that good run, again, you know, it's, it, things were working well with, with Connor and Connor was in amongst the goals. So there was obviously something there that was, was working well. And if we can get back to that and, you know, as we will know, a, a summer at Loftus Road is never quiet. So with a, a couple of additions, we will wait and see. But if we can get back to that, then, you know, then hopefully there is reason to be optimistic. And one absolute positive from the first season of it since its inception, of course, is the Forever Ours Club, Andy. And looking back on its first year, you must be absolutely delighted with the impact that the Ex Players Association has had. Yeah, delighted, thrilled, uh, excited. You know, something the club have been talking about for a while, um, and we've got off the ground. And I'm feel privileged and honoured to play my part. And it is just the parks. There's other people that uh, you know contribute to uh, how well it's gone. I think, you know, we launched in the um, middle of October against Reading, where we had 14, including myself, on the pitch, you know, but we had the likes of Stanning, Gillard, Phil Parks, Kevin Gallen, Les, you know, Clive Wilson, the list goes on and on, you know, but players who are, you know, steeped in the history books of what QPR is all about. Uh, since then, we've, we've had well into the 50s of um, ex-players coming back some posthumously you know we had the 66-67 celebration again which I thought was a fantastic um, 
day in event. Well, it was more than just a day in event. It was a series of events. You know, that was capped off by a great comeback by the team and a 2-1 victory on that day. So that was a real sort of positive and a highlight to, to be involved with. Um, but yeah, it's been great. You know, I think the fans appreciate seeing some of the old players come back. The players certainly do themselves. We've had some fantastic letters or phone calls or emails to say, you know, what it's what it's done for them, how it's helped them. You know, no one will ever forget, you know, Dave Thomas coming back and the interview he did with you on the pitch, you know, and the the emotion that he showed and the reaction that got from the fans, you know, that's, uh, you know, that, that'll that stay in my memory for yeah, a, that uh, sort of sums yeah. up. That just shows why the Fevrales Club is so important because it was, it, it just, it epitomised what the Fevrales Club is about in that moment. Exactly, it? and that, as I say, you've hit the nail on the head, that's that, that's what it is all about, you know, and that uh, that will stay in my memory for a long, mm. long time, you know, not the fact that he he broke down, but the, you know, we, we had him down for a couple of days and looked after him, you know, and he was speaking through uh, what people at this club have done, what fans across the country have done, uh, you know, because without his, his guide dog, he was he was struggling. So, um, so yeah, that was brilliant. But he's just one. You know, recently we had Gordon Jago, we've had Jerry Francis, we've had some real legends of this football club that have played their part of of its history, of our tradition, um, and quite rightly should be remembered and celebrated and thanked. And that's what we've done. And I look forward to it continuing over certainly next season and seasons ahead. We did the golf day, uh, you know, we're trying to get 80 next players all in one place on any given day was a challenge, but we did it. We had a fantastic day. That will grow and grow. Um, more events maybe we'll plan for next year uh, once we sit down and this one's out of the way as it is now. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I can only say I've been truly honoured to have played my part and I really, really enjoy it. Time consuming, but um, when you see the, the reaction of fans and the people and the players themselves it's worth every every minute every hour every day on the phone to people to to get them back you know and I say it's been long overdue but we're doing it and then hopefully it's going to grow great stuff well it's been a, a season of highs and lows and ups and downs but we'll be back no doubt next year all of us packing into Loftus Road for more twists and turns in W12 thanks for your support for the Loftcast this season we'll be back in the summer 